Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I am your host, not apps, Mario the Node Defender, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We've got Selman G, we have Jeremy, and we're supposed to have Jackie, so she'll be joining us eventually, anytime soon, uh, just like yesterday, two days in a row. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing the deal to acquire Twitter for $44 billion is still in effect as Elon Musk believes the networking site can become a crypto payments platform. The billionaire is being sued by a Dogecoin investor who claims that his tweets inflated the price of the cryptocurrency, all part of a planned scheme. As Celsius and three hours face liquidations this week, Kevin O'Leary states a bigger player is in trouble. And although these events are terrible for individual investors, it's important so the market can become more educated. Ethereum has a date for another network upgrade. As the blockchain makes the move from proof of work to proof of stake, are we finally getting a countdown? And can this be another scenario of buy the rumor and sell the news? We have an update for our Flare community. Is the launch finally happening? Stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out. Our show is available on your favorite podcasts, like on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. Now, I didn't quite crush that as good as Abs does, but I did my best. And uh, let's kick it around the room. Let's see how everybody's feeling. I got Selman here at the top of the screen. So, Selman, how are you feeling this morning? Hey, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, you did amazing. Um, well, I'm just, I just want to say happy Friday to all of you um, out there watching us. And um, what a great time to be alive, as always. And um, lots of great content for today. And yeah, amazing that I'm finally also on a show with Jeremy. This, this feels awesome. So yeah, I'll kick it over to Jeremy. Yes, thank you so much. And Mario, you did amazing, 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 especially since we found out yesterday that you were going to be doing it this morning and that no one else could be on because Johnny Crypto with a K, who's having a really nice day in Disney World, isn't able to join us either. But But I'm actually doing really, really well. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited for all the news. Um, there was some exciting stuff that I think that we're going to talk about today. And I was joyful Jackie was able to be on here, but she was having some compute, computer technical difficulties. And hopefully she'll be jumping back on. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I'm uh, super excited personally where the market's at right now because again, it's a great buying buying opportunity. Um, so yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just buying the dip and uh, staying happy. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. Yes, uh, it's it's an exciting morning. We certainly got a couple of news that we're going to cover. We got someone that's going to do a little bit of technical analysis. So until we get Jackie to come back onto the stream, we'll get this thing started the same way that we always do by showing you guys our 3T Good Morning Crypto official Twitter account, which is at 3TGM Crypto. Make sure to give us a follow here on, on Twitter. And as we switch over here to the crypto fear and greed index, we are now. Can I say something super fast? Can yes. You go back to the uh, Twitter page. Yes. I just want to give everybody a little. Um, we're going to be changing all of this branding soon, and I got to see some of it yesterday. And the new Three T Warrior Good Morning Crypto Show branding is freaking amazing! Amazing. We are just waiting for Coach or CJV to get back from. 
um, us a vacation this week. And once he does, we're going to get that approved, but it's going to be freaking amazing. So I just wanted to say that to get everybody excited. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate that. And it looks like we've got Jackie back on, on the stream. Welcome, Jackie. You know what? Let's, uh, let's uh, circle back real quick and give you a chance to say good morning. Uh, everybody's, uh, everyone's done their introduction. How are you feeling this morning, Jackie? Man, I can't get rid of being late. I think that's forever going to be a part of me. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys, computer no, problems. This wasn't your fault being late this time. I tell, I, I seriously tell people this, and and they think I kind of just do it as a joke because like that's kind of my thing now. It's it's one hundred percent serious. Like the universe will not let me be on time. <laughs> that's funny. And Jackie, is it true that there's a funny video of you circling around the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love, I absolutely love uh, Jeremy's reaction to that video. So that um, we had to film for the new revamp of the Academy. Um, I will say, guys, the, the new revamp looks amazing. Um, the Academy looks absolutely amazing. We've, we've completely restructured everything from within. Um, and we had to do a little bit of filming. And I just, I just don't like being recorded. Lives are fine. I'm fine interacting with other people, but being recorded, it just takes me forever. And I kept screwing up. And so I think there's, yeah, there's a little video going around. <laughs> and awesome. It's, so, it's funny because I think you wanted to swear a lot during that mishap, and but you, you didn't swear at all during it. And I think that that's what made it more humorous. I kept it clean. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, guys. Well, let's jump back into the crypto market. Then we got, let's go into the crypto fear and greed index. So we're back at a number, a level nine this morning. We were sitting at seven yesterday. So we've been in extreme fear now since early May. Um, we're, it's certainly unprecedented times. We've had several weekly closes on the red for, for the crypto market. Uh, this is certainly setting some historical historical level levels here. Taking a look at the coin market cap today, we are sitting just under $900 billion. Bitcoin dominance is at 44%. Ethereum dominance is at 14.6%. Bitcoin is sitting, and I probably should refresh this. Bitcoin is sitting at $20,627 this morning. Ethereum, just under $1,100. Cardano, $0.48. Cents. XRP, $0.32. Cents. Let's jump down here. Kronos, $0.11. Cents. XLM, $0.11. Cents. Cosmos, $6.47. I am dollar cost averaging into this one right here at oh, such good prices. Hedera Hashgraph, just under $0.07. Cents. So the market is looking very, very juicy as far as prices are concerned to be able to start doing some dollar cost average. I've been dollar cost averaging into Avalanche, um, Cosmos, Atom Coin, and I've been dollar cost averaging into uh, Freeway Token. Um, is there any projects that you guys are having in your in your watch list, anything that you guys are keeping an eye on? And what do you think about the conditions of the market? And uh, let's go to Jeremy for this one first. Yeah, so if you've met me, I'm a huge fan of XLM. So I'm always buying XLM to see it at what was it, 11 cents. And that's the thing. I just mainly stay to dollar cost averaging. I have buys set up in crypto.com and they just move money from a savings account that I have every time that one of those buys goes through. So the savings account to that specific checking account and then it buys. Um, so I'm continuing to buy XLM, continuing to buy XRP, but I use BitTrue for that. Um, and then continuing to buy uh, Polkadot, um, Decentraland and uh, Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin, I I'm still buying Bitcoin now. I think it's got, some people may disagree with me. I think it's still gonna go down. I think it's gonna go a 
closer to like the 15,000 mark, but I'm not a technical analyst like Selman, so maybe he'll have some more insight on where Bitcoin's going. But um, yeah, as far as the state of the market, this isn't my first rodeo with recessions or with, I guess, uh, bear markets would be a better way to say that. So I just always stay positive and always look at it as an opportunity. If you're buying something that's a real thing that has value um, for the long term, then there's no reason not to continue to buy it. And the projects that I'm currently buying, I think they're going to be around for a long time, or I know they're going to be around for a long time. So I just keep buying them. I agree with you, uh, Jeremy. I think that the conditions of the market are uh, certainly opportunities. And can we go lower? Absolutely. We've been talking about this on the show throughout the whole week. We can certainly see lower levels, but it's all about the dollar cost averaging process. If we keep going lower, you put a little bit more money in and it, it adjusts your 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 average price. Now, um, before we kick it over to Salman to give us some, some of his technical analysis, I do want to hear from Jackie. Jackie, is there any projects or any uh, sentiment that you currently have as far as the whole crypto market is concerned? Um, no, I kind of have the same strategy. I'm just looking at mainly I'm sticking to layer ones, um, layer one blockchain. So that's that's kind of my strategy right now. I kind of go back to go back to those top 20. That's my, you know, I don't really, I mean, I like looking at new projects and I, I keep an eye on them. Um, and I might dollar cost average into a few here and there, but it's definitely, definitely with a small purchase. And then, yeah, I kind of stick to like the bigger fundamental ones that I that I hope are going to stick around. So that's what I'm awesome. doing. Awesome, Jackie. Thank you for sharing that with us. And Selman, I know you're going to give us a little bit of a, a technical analysis. You're going to show us what you're seeing on the charts. But before we jump onto your technical analysis, I know that Bitcoin's support level is doing very well this morning. Um, I've got a chart here that kind of shows how good of a support we have. Uh, that $20,000 price, I know it's it's uh, it's not really a the best support we have for Bitcoin. It's being held by, by uh, a Cheeto right there. So we'll see what happens. But Selman, take the floor, man. Share your screen. Give us, uh, give us your insight on what you're seeing on the charts. Awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, I'd like to start off by saying that the dollar index is pretty much the one that I'm uh, watching out. This is this is crazy. I mean, um, if you actually focus on shorter time frames, we can actually feel a bearish divergence here. So on the three three day time frame, right, you see the bearish divergence kicking in the two days, right? The, um, on the daily as well, we see higher highs here, but like. Uh, lower highs here so that indicates there is a bearish divergence but it's not on the monthly yet of course that's like a and on the you know weekly it takes a little bit of time but what i really like about that is sooner or later maybe we're going to see one last pump but after that you know that once that bearish divergence really kicks in probably what you know most likely what's going to happen is a, a falling dollar and where assets finally go go up again so all the dollar holders will actually get into um, assets for a cheap price and that's reflecting that's going to reflect on the crypto uh, charts as well so for example if we um, before I show you uh, XRP for example I'd like to bring up the tether dominance so on the weekly you guys can see we actually hit right now at the we're at the next Fibonacci extension level which is at 8.26 percent now trading at 8.29 percent. The next Fibonacci extension is at 9.85 to 10.5. But who knows? Maybe very soon we're going to see that resistance coming. And 
finally seeing that pullback again, which is going to bring relief to the markets. Now, if we focus on XRP, to be honest, the reason why I'm bringing up XRP is not because most of us are invested in XRP. There's just one reason. When I check out my watch list, everything was down, even Bitcoin, maybe like 1%, 2%. XRP was the only one that was actually still very strong at a certain level. And um, if we actually check out the, like on higher timeframes, uh, the momentum sold out, finally a green light. Looks like momentum is gaining strength again very soon. We on the weekly, as you guys can see, RSI pretty oversold. And it's it's the lowest level since 2013, right? So pretty much since existing, since its existence. So, but if you go to the three-day time frame, what I really enjoy is the fact that we have a bullish divergence. Now, this doesn't mean it will kick in immediately. No, it will take time. But if the market has uh, priced a news, then nothing to worry about. We should see consolidation. But all of a sudden, if we really see like a black swan event again, something like Celsius is, you know, getting liquidated and, you know, creates another uh, kind of FUD in the market, of course. That's going to be invalidated. But as of right now, on shorter time frames, on the two-day, you see the higher lows, right? But lower lows here on the price chart. That means bullish divergence. I really like that. On the daily as well. And momentum is, you know, is oversold and probably getting ready for a nice um, momentum here, strength, um, strengthening. What I love is probably that's going to be like a higher low here, even better on the daily a three-day time frame, it needs a little bit of time. It's a lagging indicator, of course. We're talking about higher time frames. So we need to, to see um, the next couple of days. We're going to see more updates here soon. So XRP looks really solid. Now, where can we go? If we go back to the weekly. Let me zoom in. And I want to show you that currently we are sitting at a very strong support at $0.29. Cents. So that, that was a great support, currently trading at $0.32. Cents. Now, we got a trend that we need to, you know, that we – Need to flip to support currently resistance probably at 37 but with with that momentum we can really break above and if we do so probably the 200 ema i would really focus on the 200 ema on higher time frames so on the weekly it's the 56 cents level on the daily it would be you know 70 cents but i would actually go for the higher time frames first because you know after a massive pullback Usually what we can expect is the higher time frames to kick in and those EMAs are actually very solid and very strong trend lines. So I would actually go for the 50 cents first and focus on what the fear and greed index does. And yep, last thing, on-chain metrics. I love this fact. I just want to bring it up once more to show you on the bigger picture that you shouldn't be afraid of what's happening. So many on-chain metrics are finally in the green box that we talked about for the last two years. I mean, everybody was like, dude, if that drops to green again into that green box, I'm going to buy. And this is just one example, the net unrealized profit loss. People capitulated. We are down here. We don't know if we're going to see these lower lows here. But if we do, don't trip by the dip. It's been always like that historically. Now, there are some other fundamentals kicking in, of course, the Fed raising interest rates. We've never seen that before. I mean, with a recession, with high inflation. but Nevertheless, you know the potential of Bitcoin, you know the fundamentals of XRP and many other altcoins. And that's why I am dollar cost averaging in. This is the best time to dollar cost average in, not last year. 
this is the best time. So I wanted to bring it up. Thank you guys. Thanks, Salman. That was great. And I, I keep, I've been hearing a theory a, uh, a lot recently that we're going to see a little bit of a relief rally coming into, into summer, coming into August before eventually coming back down and, and creating new lower lows. Is that something that you're seeing on the charts too, Salman? Is that something that, that you're, that you think could happen? Yeah. So if the merge really happens, for example, everybody's talking about the merge, right? So if that's the case, then guys, you should um, keep in mind that it's always buy the rumors, sell the news. So if all of a sudden people talk about Ethereum will be deflationary, this is going to happen, that is going to happen, you should buy the rumors and then sell the news. Once the merge happens, I truly don't believe it's going to go parabolic because you already bought the rumors and now people are selling the news. So it's going to be of short nature. However, if the Fed, all of a sudden, we talked about it, right? Bitcoin going to 75K. Some experts believe that. Is that possible? Guys, if the Fed all of a sudden come out and say, hey, we're printing money. We can't stop inflation. Let's just, and we don't want, we don't want to mess with a recession. We're just going to print more money. Then of course, fundamentals change. And we know that assets with, with a very high chance will go up again. So I truly believe Ethereum short term could really see a nice rally, buy the rumors, sell the news. But at some point, if there is another rate hike and re the recession is getting a uh, mess, you know, like the big mess, then of course I would sell the news and just lean back and enjoy the, the free fall and then buy back in at a lower price again and accumulate more assets because it's all about accumulating assets, guys. Don't forget that. That's amazing, Selma. And that topic, I have a video that I want to show you guys by uh, Michael Arrington from the Arrington Capital. But before I do that, we have 189 live listeners. Make sure you smash that like button. And if you're looking to for a more fundamental understanding of how to navigate the crypto market, make sure to visit 3twarrioracademy.com. Over there, you can you can find all of these beautiful people. You can learn how to navigate the crypto market. You can get technical analysis three times a week from Selman, Jackie, and Gonzo. And it's one of the best places where you can learn about crypto and about all new projects coming. So with that said, I'm going to jump into this video from um, Arrington Capital. And bear with me, guys. This is my first time navigating all these transitions by myself. And uh, so Michael Arrington was uh, being interviewed by Tony Edward. And Tony Edward, Tony Edward has a channel over on YouTube called Thinking Crypto. And just to let everybody in on this, I don't think we've, we've announced it yet. We're actually going to have Tony come in on Good Morning Crypto in the next couple of weeks. It's been confirmed. So you're going to be able to see Tony Edward coming on the show. He, was, he interviews a lot, of great, a lot of great people in the space. And Michael Arrington has some opinions about what we were just talking about with inflation and how the government could combat and what we could actually see towards the end of this year. So I'm going to let this play out. Interest and entitlements, interest and defense are well over 100 percent of tax receipts. Like we, we can't. And the more debt we pile on, the harder it's going to be to pay that off. Uh, tax receipts are going to go down because nobody's making capital gains that'll add to the deficit. So at some point, the Fed has to give up. They have to. Mathematically, they have to. And when they do, this winter may disappear as quickly as it came. Now, what comes next won't be healthy, but certainly we should see inflation driving asset prices up at that point. So this could be over by the end of the year, and we could be in a whole other paradigm. So 
he makes some statements which I've thought about recently, and I do think that uh, if the government can't combat inflation in the way that they they intend, that they could just turn, like Selman just mentioned, they could just turn the printers back on, and we all know what kind of effect that tends to have in the markets, not just crypto, but stock, and and, and the list goes on. I do want to move it over to Jeremy, uh, being he's our, he's our financial wizard. Do you think that, do you agree with his statements, and do you think that this could be over as quick as he as he thinks it could. So I I disagree with it being as over as quick as he's saying that it is. I think that that's too early. I think um, the, the, well, okay, let me take that back. It also all depends because we're in a midterm election. So it depends on what people promise during this midterm election and what they think that they can do in the House and the Senate to try to combat some of the things that are happening. So let me preface with that. I don't think we're going to really know that until we get to see what the new House and Senate's going to look like after the midterm election. But um, if if everything kind of stays how it is, I think that they have to do, they're going to keep raising some of these interest rates. I think that this isn't the the lowest, the, the highest that we're going to see them. I think that we're going to have, I think they want to get it up to, I don't know, full, I don't know what the full basis points was, but I know like with everything put in together, I think mortgage rates are like at 7% right now. And so what they're trying to do is take a lot of that money out of the system. Same reason why they created a savings bond that's giving like 9% interest for the year. Um, so they're going to do everything that they can to try to get this money out of the system. But what I think is going to happen is that they're going to try to do that and it's not going to work the way that they want. Asset prices are still going to go up. The inflation is still going to go up unless they can get some of this gasoline problem under control. And I think that we're going to slip probably into a recession. Um, into the beginning of next year. And that'll probably last until I want to say maybe the beginning of quarter two of next year. That's my personal opinion of it. So I think that as a market as a whole, we're still just seeing the beginning beginning of it. But it also depends on what happens during this midterm election and who are going to be the new leaders that are taking, um, taking over with the House and the Senate and what they're going to be putting into place. Because if they then go and say that we can't get this under control, the only thing is to stimulate the economy to try to get the economy to boost so that they don't slip into the recession, then they will probably turn on the printing press and that'll just be, you know, horrible in the long run. Um, so I think that as, as a society, we just need to buckle down, deal with it for right now to try to get some of that cash out of the system so that we can cool everything that's happening so that we don't, um, so that in the long term, so I guess my, my opinion is in the short term, it would be better to have the recession than in the long term, something, a, a worse recession happening, right? And so I think that what they're doing, it will probably work. Um, but again, it all depends on if they end up printing more money or not and push that inflation even higher. That's amazing. Jerry. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I I honestly, I, a lot of people are so surprised with inflation and the recession that we're getting. I mean, when they started printing all that money back in 2020, it was pretty obvious that we we're going to get this, this kind of economical uh, effect. So I, I, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, Jackie, I do want to ask you a question. He mentions about inflation driving asset prices up. And the one thing that we know crypto and, and predominantly Bitcoin, Bitcoin is called an inflation hedge. Now, we haven't really seen that. We've seen inflation numbers go up dramatically these last couple of months. And Bitcoin has been going down. So it hasn't really been playing the part of being an inflation hedge. What is your opinion about that? Yeah, I think in the long term, um, it definitely will be an inflation hedge. Um, and that's kind of what you've got to you kind of got to see what's going on um, within the point in time where the money flow is going. Um, so that's kind of 
I mean, when you reason that out, when assets go down, you know, that's the time to go back in and that'll hedge against, you know, higher inflation in the future. So, but I, I agree with you, Jeremy, I, I can actually see a, a long-term, um, like you, like you said, they turning the, them turning the printing presses back on and then causing an even, um, longer term recession, long-term recession down, down the road. Um, I can kind of see that scenario as well. Uh, but that's just my opinion also, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more of a, I'm not a macroeconomic person by any means. I'm not going to pretend to be either. Um, half that stuff, half that jargon, you know, it takes me a while to even comprehend. I got to rewatch and watch again. So I, um, you know, I kind of play it based off of the simple strategies of, of looking where the money's going and, and kind of following those that are smarter than me. So if you're like me, do the same. <laughs> and real quick, too, Arthur King brings up a really good point that he says that supply is driving up gas prices no matter what FJB does, um, threatening CEOs of Exxon, VP, ConocoPhillips, Shell. It means nothing, and he's absolutely right because they're still the ones that are going to help set those gas prices. And if those gas prices aren't offset when these things happen to lower them back down, in, in, in a, a faster time frame, because, you know, in the long term, they will come back down as those things happen. But I mean, with all the price gouging that's going on with the gas prices and and them taking the, 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 I'm assuming the profits from it, is that they're not going to forego or give up those profits to help the economy. I mean, there's still businesses and they still have profits that they want to take and do. Um, so I, I, I mean, that's another big problem that arises with this is that they may not put the prices where we need them. Because I think for me to get to the fitness center now, um, I only go two days a week. It's about two times that I have to fill up. It's about 75, 80 bucks to fill up my Toyota Camry, right? And so if, if that on coupled with, you know, Danielle, she works down in Tempe, she fills up twice a week. So what are we paying? We're paying two, almost 160, yeah, 163, yeah, $400. I mean, just to fill up, that's ridiculous. Yes, uh, uh, Jeremy. And, and I actually find myself recently creating an itinerary where I know I got to go to the supermarket and then I got to go to the other store, to the other store. And then I'm like, I'm creating an itinerary. and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go supermarket and then that store is closer. And then this way I can save on the gas because I'm I'm seeing it too. Like I'm, I'm spending way more money per ga on gas per month and it, it's just getting outrageous and starting to look for ways of where we could save. And I've actually downloaded an app on my phone where I'm looking for the gas stations with the best prices. Right. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's crazy times that we're living in. And uh, Jackie, did you have something you wanted to add? Buying an electric scooter. That's what oh. I heard. <laughs> How far do you live from the fitness center? Like 10 minutes? Yeah, I'm only like 10, yeah, totally do an electric 12, scooter. 12 minutes. Yeah. Hey. Hey, I'm I have a little bit of gains on the side. I could I could monetize that for sure. Yeah, Save me funny. in the end. <laughs> hey Jackie, just fire up that step and app and get running to the, to, yeah. to the fitness center you and at least so you'll be making money. I'm using that thing every day. I am using that thing every day. Everyone, I mean, yes, the gains aren't as much, but guys, I'm still making money with it. I'm still making money with it. <laughs> hey, when times get tough, you, moment, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. For a moment, I was like, Jackie, are you Gen Z? I mean, I, you know, I would love to drive my Mustang, you know, like I don't have one, but uh, maybe, maybe we have a lucky, or let's say, um, Never mind. I, I'm not going to bring that joke up. Actually, so I just wanted to actually add that. Um, look at what happens in Turkey, right? Inflation is very high. Official number is 80%. Uh, in the streets, it's 500, 600%. And um, 
these people are actually very heavy in crypto. And um, what I what I've seen with people there is um, because inflation is so high, they are lo really looking for assets. And right now, yes, short term, people are really like these big hedge funds, etc. They control the markets and they basically sell their assets. And that's why we see, you know, a, like a bearish move in, in the whole markets. Uh, but um, actually, if inflation is uncontrollable and, it, and they come out and say, hey, we need to print more money, we, we can't stop. Of course, the narrative will change. The fundamentals will change. And I believe it's going to happen just like in Turkey. People will rush into crypto and stocks where they see, you know, a, a finite supply and invest. Yep. So I do believe if that's the case, we're going to see another rally soon. Yeah, great point, uh, Salman. And it wouldn't be a day in crypto if we didn't talk about Elon Musk. So let's jump into our first article of the day. Elon Musk sees logic for Twitter as a crypto payments platform. He states that it makes sense to integrate digital payments into Twitter. Money is fundamentally digital at this point and has been for a while. It would make sense to integrate payments into Twitter, so it's easy to send money back and forth. He also states that uh, Elon Musk also has an agreement in place to purchase Twitter for $44 billion. And despite some public wavering about completing the deal, the purchase appears to be on track and Musk's attendance at Thursday's meeting suggests some level of commitment. So this is a pretty short article. It's essentially just some statements that he made during a meeting yesterday where he thinks that uh, Twitter could become this massive global payments platform for crypto. And we've seen other platforms take place. We've seen that Jack Dorsey left Twitter and he's he's heavily endorsing uh, crypto payments now. So um, I'm going to get start with Jeremy on this one. Jeremy, what is your opinion on Twitter being uh, his? Well, what is your opinion on his statements thinking that Twitter could become a global payments payments platform? So I'm actually really long-term Twitter. I think that they have a lot, whether or not Elon Musk buys it or not, I'm a long-term Twitter um, person. I don't currently own any stock in it. It's something that I wanted to, I wanna, to build up and buy after, well, I guess I can if he ends up buying it because then he's going to take it private. So irrelevant. But in the past, I wanted to buy it before because I saw that it was going to be going somewhere. The smartest thing that Twitter ever did was buy um, Breaker. Uh, io or dot audio or whatever it is it was a podcast platform that they then took the technology because it was a social media podcast platform and then they turned that into what we call spaces and i think spaces outdoes everything right now including um uh, clubhouse because of the fact that so many people are on twitter and you can access the spaces so easily i think it's just fantastic um and so i think that because it's becoming more of a social hangout now on twitter because of the spaces and because of where Twitter's trying to drive its engagement of its followers, I think that it makes sense for there to be a payment platform on it. I think that anytime you have a social media platform, um, the ability to pay makes more sense than us using something, say, like Cash App or something like Vimbo, because we're already hanging out there anyway. So if the four of us are doing the Twitter spaces and we're talking, and like Jackie reminds me that I owed her like 20 bucks for pizza, I could just go and pay her the 20 bucks for pizza right there, right? It becomes an all-in-one place to do everything. So, you know, I have my personal opinions about Elon Musk, but I believe that adding the payments, getting longer form content on Twitter, continuing to drive its live uh, piece, because I think we're live on Twitter right now too. Is that correct, Mario? We do this live on Twitter every day or do we, right? So yep. it's having the lives and then having the spaces, right? Having all of that, 
I mean, I think Twitter could continuously get stronger and he, he might be right. Maybe he is the person that needs to lead it to get it where it needs to go. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that a good example of is how Facebook tried to create their own cryptocurrency to potentially integrate within their platform so that users could could exchange that currency back and forth. And um, on the topic of Elon Musk, on the same day, we're also seeing Elon Musk being sued by a Dogecoin investor. He's the, the Dogecoin investor is actually suing Elon Musk, Tesla and SpaceX for $258 billion. And it ties to Twitter because this person has filed a class action lawsuit last uh, Thursday, so yesterday, in federal court in Manhattan. Um, and he's accusing Elon Musk, Tesla, and SpaceX of operating an illegal racketeering enterprise to inflate the price of the cryptocurrency. Musk has frequently referenced the dog-themed cryptocurrency on his Twitter account, mentions that often caused the price of the token to spike. The complaint calls for triple the damage damages of $86 billion dollars which is how much the plaintiff alleges he has lost, has been lost by Dogecoin investors since Musk first started tweeting about it. So this is something that I actually thought about a lot during the uh, last year as he kept endorsing Dogecoin through his tweets. It's obvious that that was going to cause hype within, within the cryptocurrency. It's obvious that people were going to jump in, run, and think that Elon was going to be this savior and really push the drive of or drive the, the, the price of Dogecoin to one dollar like everybody was expecting. I, I I am surprised to see that only now somebody's actually coming up and, and suing him. Um, this is something that I, I felt would have happened sooner. But Salman, what is your opinion on uh, on on the stuff that's happening with Elon? And did you see this coming as well? I totally agree with you. I also thought that way last year. And, and I'm like, you know, how is this possible? Like, you know, he's publicly talking about uh, Doge, he never told people to buy it, though. But, you know, obviously, a man of that much power, of course, you know, can influence the markets. But um, especially in a very small market compared to the stock market. But, um, you know, first of all, $258 billion. I mean, even the market cap wasn't, it was only $40 billion. That's just a joke. Uh, it's just to, to get some attention, probably, most likely. So I don't really pay attention to that. But... Uh, yeah, it's, it's just funny. It's just like adding a little sweetness to what's happening in the markets right now. So I'm like totally fine with the news. But again, guys, don't pay that much attention to to something like that. And, uh, you know, but it's it's funny. It's funny. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. And Jackie, we see uh, Elon Musk. He, he mentions Dogecoin almost on a daily basis. He's He's heavily, uh, he's heavily trying to influence the growth of, of the platform. He wants Dogecoin to be this global currency that's accepted everywhere. And the truth is we are seeing Dogecoin being included in a lot of the developments we see in cryptocurrency, whether it's uh, companies accepting crypto and Dogecoin is always there. So I think that that's, that's something to take into heavy consideration. And my question for you, Jackie, is that do you think that Elon Musk has good intentions and as far as how he promotes Dogecoin. Do you really think that he's really planning to incorporate it into a lot of the ventures that he's in? Or do you think that he's just having a laugh and, and making fun of, of this uh, meme coin? Honestly, I think it's both. Um, I think, gosh, I've, I've literally thought about this for so long. Um, Elon, Elon is such a smart guy, right? He's, he's a genius. Um, and I just, I kind of, it's, it's almost like 
I, I almost think this is like a metaphorical game to him um, where, you know, Dogecoin, a dog is, is the meme. Right. And it, 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 it kind of, and I'm, I'm thinking this on a deep level, right. Cause we're part of the Academy and that's what we do. And, and so it's like, we're a dog, you know, a dog chases after a bone, you know, it's kind of got that one set mindset, like, here we go. I, I've got to get it. I've got to get it right. And if you kind of take that into like a human perspective, human, like us humans, we're chasing after the dollar after money, kind of the exact same way. So I can really, really see. And I, again, this is just my mind kind of turning a wheel, right? I can really, really see um, both of this um, being kind of Elon's plan just to kind of show like the, the, um, gosh, and I'm always tripping on my words just to kind of show the, uh, kind of humor within the, um, human behavior and kind of the ridiculousness of it. Right. But at the same time, I really think he, I mean, it's Elon Musk. He could totally implement something like Dogecoin, um, into, into these platforms to be a payment system and things like that. He's already working on that. I mean, there's news. I've been reading news articles about it, but I kind of think it goes into a deeper play like that. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? I could just be crazy. And that's just how my mind works. (laughs) So if I can, so I think it's just, I don't, I think it's a mixture of a joke to him, right? Him just messing around, right? Utilizing Dogecoin. But I also think like with Mark Cuban opening, and I don't know if you can still use Dogecoin at the Maverick Stadium, um, in Dallas, but at one point you could, when there was the really big boom and everybody was buying Dogecoin and everything was about Dogecoin, you need something for a currency, right? Whether you want to believe this or not, this is, I guess, maybe my opinion. You need something that doesn't have any real asset class behind it that you can pump into a system and take out of a system. So if Dogecoin doesn't have any actual market like cap, right? Cause you, they can keep, they can keep, I guess, printing it or making it right. Is that my understanding? Is that, is that accurate? Okay. And so if, if that's the case where you can do that, then it makes sense to use something like Dogecoin to be the thing that you buy and sell and utilize for an actual currency. It would be really hard with how people look at Bitcoin to utilize Bitcoin as an actual currency because everybody wants to hold it for its growth, right? Something like Dogecoin would make more sense to actually utilize as a digital currency between each other if we were going to actually do something. So I think that there's some truth in some of it. In regards to him like saying this to push up the market, that's all that anybody does in the market. If you really want to find out what a stock's worth, you do an analysis over say a 10-year period and there's formulas to do this um, that you do over a 10-year period and then you look at a, a time horizon of how, how what the future cash flows will be and then you backdate them into today's money. Then you look at see what the outstanding stock is and you utilize those two numbers to find out what that stock price should be. And if that price is higher than the price that the, it, the stock is currently at, you just buy the stock. It's super easy, right? But that's that's how you like get into something that can be very, very long-term. But in the short term, people are going to pop those stocks up and sell them and buy them. And we can't do that same analysis with coin. But the point is, is that is that the ability for someone to go into the market and pump something up is all that everybody does in the stock market, especially because we can buy and sell to get short-term gains. So that's what they do. That's why I say do your own research, right? Find out what is really valuable over the long-term and that's what you should buy. And that goes with coins too. Absolutely, Jeremy. And uh, to switch gears a little bit and go into something a little bit more serious, because so we don't, we don't 
joke so much about Dogecoin. Uh, something I hear I hear Abs talk about a lot is that there is truth in humor. And so all these jokes that he keeps putting out about Dogecoin, there's got to be truth out there. And who knows? Maybe we'll see something something quite amazing turn out. But to jump into something a little bit more serious, but before I do so, we have 226 live listeners. Smash that like button. Make sure that you give all these amazing people a follow. And uh, if you want to learn more about the crypto market, make sure to visit 3twarrioracademy.com. And I know that Jeremy has something that he wants to add for the 3T Warrior Academy. So Jeremy, floor is yours. Oh, yes. I just wanted to throw it over to Jackie to tell her all of the amazing things that are happening in the Academy. No, I'm kidding. Um, so we've actually just done a full rebrand of our 3T Warrior Academy, and we've made it even more com uh, uh, more community-based. So we actually created different groups based off of the different, I guess, um, uh, things that you're involved in, right? So a lot of the people come to the Academy for crypto, but then they find that they're really tied into health and fitness because we do a lot of mindset and health and fitness. So we now have groups that fit into that health and fitness thing. So you can find your tribe within the 3T Warrior Academy. So I would recommend at least checking, clicking on the link down below in the description, go over, find out what the Warrior Academy is all about um, because we would love to have you um, because we also, not only do we talk about crypto, Coach JV and I or CJV and I, we're doing a lot of stuff with businesses. So we're talking about how to do business formation. We're talking about, um, we have mindset in there. We have our 120 day challenge. So there's so much more that's going on in there just besides crypto, but Again, we have some of the best, we have the best crypto team in the world, in my opinion, led by the beautiful Jackie and the beautiful Selman. And so with the two of them, we have some of the great, great, great technical analysis of all time. And we also have courses that'll teach you about crypto. So there's something for everybody, really. So you should check it out. I agree 100%. And the, the 3T Warrior Academy changed my life. So I highly recommend you go down to the description if you're on YouTube and click that link so that you can check it out today. But let's move into, um, I got a tweet over here. Three Arrows is considering asset sales and the rescue by another firm. What I saw today is that they're actually facing huge concerns because of the Terra Luna collapse. They're in a very tricky situation at the moment. We saw what happened with Celsius earlier in the week. Now we've got Three Arrows. And this tells me that there are there are events happening in the crypto space right now because of these because of these this negative price action and people are highly leveraged and people are getting liquidated. I'm saying people, but institutions are getting liquidated. And uh, I have a video here from Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary, we showed it we showed it here on the show actually earlier this week, where Kevin O'Leary back in May. He put out a video and he mentioned how some highly leveraged players were going to be affected by this and were going to collapse. And he was absolutely right. This was before the Celsius thing played out this week. So he saw that coming and he's made some new statements about Celsius and he's made some new statements as far as can bigger players also be collapsing and we just don't know who they are yet. So I'm going to let this video play out. Here we go of Celsius, it is going to go to zero. Uh, it's over levered, it's gated now. And the trouble with gating, a good example would be a hedge fund. Every single customer wants to be liquid the minute you open the gate. And so it's, it's a self-realizing uh, outcome. It, it will go to zero, it will have no assets. But that's important. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not enough, it's not big enough. I'm looking for something bigger. Somebody out there is in trouble. We don't know who they are yet. Um, We'll find out soon. It'll probably happen in the next 30 days. Some giant player is going to zero because this is the first time 
applying leverage to an asset class that most people assumed wouldn't be this volatile, but has proven to be volatile yet again. And I, I say all this, say, and it's, it's important that this happens. It's bad for the individual investors, but in the context of, of making this market more educated, more institutional, more stable, with better price discovery and less leverage, you need these players to go to zero. So Celsius, thank you for your sacrifice. They'll go to zero in the case. So some very strong comments there from uh, Kevin O'Leary as far as Celsius. I do think, I do share his opinion too. I think Celsius is, uh, they're struggling at the moment. They're, they're all over the place. They don't know what to do to salvage their business. We've got uh, people, public people like BitBoy. He's coming out and he's starting a lawsuit against Celsius. I've heard that you have to make deposits in order to be able to make withdrawals. He makes some statements as far as the market needing this to happen in order to become more educated, more institutional. I know that throughout the last year, we heard so many times people say that we were finally, crypto had finally gotten to a stage where it was uh, stable and that we were not going to see levels below $40,000 for Bitcoin, for example. And now we're seeing that we're sitting at 20,000. I think a lot of these institutions were just way over leveraged. They didn't think that this could actually happen to the crypto market this soon. And um, and yeah, what is this? Some of your thoughts. I'm going to leave it open. If anybody has any thoughts on this, uh, just unmute yourselves and, and let me know what you think. I can go first. So, oh, I can go first. Um, so I think that uh, I think it's weird to say that you didn't think that it was going. The only part that about this video that I think is weird is when Kevin says at the end there that people didn't think that this market was that volatile. Which could be true if it's like the millennials and maybe the zennials um, and and maybe some of the elder Gen Zers that are in it because they haven't gone through something this cat. I mean, the millennials should remember uh, the after the recession of two thousand and nine. But you know, if you're a zennial or if you're a zier, then I think that maybe you wouldn't think that anything could be that volatile and you think it could be stable. But for people that are you know Kevin's age uh, or Gen Xers or baby boomers. I think that that's weird to say that you didn't think that it wasn't a volatile situation or that it would have finally stabled out. I mean, it can take it can take many, many years for things to be adopted. Most fintech takes about 10 years to be adopted, right? And so, so not only is that regular fintech, we're in a completely different type of technology class here with the blockchain. It's going to take many, many years. It's not just going to show up in 2017, 2018, and people start really pumping into it into 2020 and then become stable, you have to figure itself out. And then you have things that happen like with Celsius or things that happen with Terra Luna that set off these, I guess, can self, I guess, help um, catalyst some of these, the losses that we're seeing and the market being where it is in the crypto market. So. Yeah, I agree with you, Jeremy. And I think that uh, I saw in the chat here, Justin made, made a really good point. Three hours is not big enough. And can Tether be the catalyst that that uh, Kevin O'Leary is referring to. I mean, if that was to happen, I don't. Selman, you're playing with fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're doing that, and he he planned that whole thing. Yeah. He planned that whole thing. Anything's possible. Yeah, I think we can agree that the biggest cloud over the crypto market right now is is the uncertainty with Tether and whether they're actually fully backed and, and the legitimacy the legitimacy of how they're operating their business. Yep. So hopefully it's not Tether because if it's Tether, it's going to be 
It's going to be like nobody can imagine. I, I really yeah. think it will collapse it to a level that nobody can expect. That's going to be the fear that people think that this is all nothing. It can't become a stable. It can't become a stable economy, crypto, right? If the thing that's supposed to be the dollar in it is something that somehow can't be tied to a dollar based off of how they tie it. I forgot exactly what they used to tie it to the dollar as, and how it was different than Terra Luna. But point being is that if that happens, that's going to be the fear that's going to make everybody push out of the marketplace. The one thing that I've been noticing, though, I've been noticing the market cap of USDC. So the, the coin launched by Circle, it's been going up dramatically. It's actually catching up to Tether. I believe we're only probably about $15 billion uh, in market cap away from Tether. So we're getting pretty close there. Um, but yeah, I think that USDC is, uh, is the chosen one when it comes to stable coins. We saw yesterday or two days ago, they just launched this, the uh, Euro-backed stable coin. So the, now they, there's a Euro uh, stable euro backed stable coin launched launched by circle so a lot of a lot more a lot more people are trusting usdc uh as opposed to tether we'll see how it plays out if i really hope it doesn't play out with and i always joke with you that i think that we're going to go back to everything in the end of 2019 and bitcoin was what seven thousand dollars back then and so arthur put in the chat bitcoin at seven thousand I mean, if all of this whole last three years, or I don't know how many years it's been since 2019, but how many years it's been since 2019 could have just been a completely inflated thing. And yeah. then if all of that money dumps back out because no one knew what they've been doing over the last three years and they're trying to get their lives stable, then, I mean, you could possibly see something. I don't think that that's going to happen. I'm just like joking about it with Mario and Phoenix crypto assets. But if something like that happened, I mean... And that, that it could maybe if that thing happened with Tether, maybe that would be the catalyst to push. Yeah, and you and you mentioned that a few months ago, and it's playing out just like you said, Jackie's. Uh, something you want to add? Well, I was just yeah, I was just going to add to what you were saying about USDC's market cap um, coming coming up and matching Tethers. If you look at a lot of projects within the space, um, they are you know they are launching USDC on you know on their platforms, including that as you know as a pairing um so that is i think yeah i think that that's the reason being obviously but also um you know the coming up of of them overtaking that kind of that spot it, as the stable coin like you said yeah and thank you Salma, for bringing up the chart with uh with the market cap yeah we did see there he just showed the market cap of tether has been decreasing while the market cap of of uh usdc has been increasing so a lot more confidence in, in investors and in keeping their, their stable coin as, as USDC as opposed to Tether, for sure. But we will, we're going to jump into another article. But before we do so, we're going to be talking about two, two projects or two blockchains. Uh, one of these, the first article is going to be Ethereum. The next update is going to be for Flare. And I just want to ask you guys all, I want to ask you guys all a question. It's two, it's two moments in, in crypto that have been, uh, awaited by by a lot of people. We have the Ethereum 2.0, which now became the Ethereum merger, and it's been pushed back and pushed back. And then we have Flare, which originally was supposed to launch June of 2021. It was pushed back. They did launch Songbird, which is a testing ground for Flare. Now it looks like we may finally have a date. But before we go into that, I wanted to ask all of you, Selman, do you think we're going to have Ethereum merge first or Flare first? If you ask for my opinion, it's pretty pretty obvious it's of course flare <laughs> um the reason for that 
Um, you know, lately on, on Twitter, they posted something. And uh, why don't you bring it up, man? Why don't you bring it up? Yeah, I should probably bring that up first. But before we go into that, let me let's jump into our article. And we have Ethereum set to undergo another major upgrade on June 29th. And we can see that it's called the Gray Glacier Network Upgrade. And it changes the parameters of the difficulty bomb, pushing it back by 700,000 blocks or roughly 100 days. The Ethereum developer, Tim Bako, is optimistic that the Gray Glacier upgrade could be the final delay to the difficulty bomb. We also have some statements here saying that the difficulty bomb, which has always been a part of Ethereum, rapidly raises the computing difficulty of mining the underlying token until it becomes impossible to do so. When the bomb goes off and is permitted to detonate, it becomes the days before the merge. Ethereum's transition to proof of stake are numbered. So what, what this means to me is that as soon as this upgrade goes live, we could be seeing a 100 days countdown to the merge, meaning that Ethereum will go from a proof of work blockchain finally to a proof of stake blockchain, which is something they've had in the works for a very long time. And with that said, since we are 53 minutes into the video, I'm going to jump into Flare. Flare has had announced a couple of weeks back that they were going to be launching July 4th, but they were just waiting for an audit. And with that said, yesterday they posted stating that successful audit, launch details end of next week onwards. So it looks like full XRP investors are finally going to get that airdrop of the Spark token that it's been so much anticipated since last year. I know that when I first got involved with, uh, with uh, part of the research team, one of the first tasks that we did as a team together with Coach JV, we came on the channel for the first time on YouTube. It was actually talking about Flare and about the Spark token and when it was going to be released, how it was going to be this distributed. So it's very exciting to finally see Flare come out. We're finally going to get those Spark tokens. Songbird, it's been great for those that were able to get their, their airdrop. But I know a lot of people that were participated through exchanges, unfortunately, were not able to, to get so same question as before that Salman kind of gave his opinion on. But now that we've uncovered the details of Ethereum and Flare, Jackie, what is your opinion? What, what do you think? Do you, do you think that we will still get this July 4th launch date for Flare? Oh, man, I'm, I'm my fingers are crossed. I've been waiting a long time. <laughs> Actually, it was it's interesting that this is the news because we we had a Twitter spaces yesterday. Shout out to Hawaiian. He hosted it. And I joined, I jumped on and um, someone had gotten on there. A lot of different um, projects that are launching on the XRPL um, were, were kind of joining that space. So we I got to experience some some other projects that were on there that are have some great things coming down the line. So I'm excited for that. But one guy in particular came on and he talked about if you were in wasn't that snapshot, correct me, if was it December of 2020? Was that the snapshot? Okay. Yes, yes. Airdrop. Yes. Okay. So if you guys, if anyone, and I'm talking to our audience, if anyone had had um, XRP at that time, you can actually go on to XRP scan and put in your wallet address and see how much you will actually be getting. Um, but yeah, keep your fingers crossed for July 4th. Um, yeah. I'm just hopeful. I'm that'll, that'll, that'll be my bet as well. I'll agree with Selman because he's a smart dude. And Jeremy, did you participate? You asked me a very tough question, man. You asked a very tough question. <laughs> Jeremy, did you participate? Are you expecting to receive any Spark tokens, any from the Flare airdrop? 
No, I'm usually about a year behind on everything. <laughs> or multiple years behind. I mean, when for everything that Jackie ever talks about, she always tells me, or like with you and when with um, Phoenix Crypto Assets with our Miranda's fund, when we're, you know, looking at, um, you know, certain video game uh, NFTs, and I'm like, oh, I should buy that. Like, it takes me years before I buy anything just because I'm, I'm slow to the market like that, I guess. But point of the story is, is that I would say that Flare is going to come out first before the merge happens. I mean, I mean, just at this point, plus, I, well, you guys always talk about Flare. Um, so Flare Network and what you guys want from, or Songbird, I guess. And um, I think that, uh, I think that it, I'd be excited for either one to come out, but I'm going to have to agree with you guys. It's going to be Flare. Yes, so I agree. Actually, Mario, actually, you know, we've been talking about the ETH merge for a while and, uh, you know, it's been something that ever since Ethereum was created, they talked about moving to proof of stake. And you see it, it took years. And now that um, Vitalik Buterin in May, uh, like he announced that, um, you know, it's probably going to happen in, in September or August. But the earliest would be, of course, uh, um, you know, August, but not earlier than that. And, you know, a lot of people are still skeptic. Uh, they don't believe that it's going to happen or not. Well, I want to trust Vitalik on that. But like Flair has been working in the background. And finally, you know, having that audit, the audit is basically like the, the final step. Once you have that, it's just a release date. And then, you know, do marketing. That's it. That's why I personally believe, you know, I want to bet on Flair. And, um, but, you know, of course, let's see who's going to win. But at the end of the day, it's going to be Collecti, guys. Collecti X Genesis. Definitely check out the Discord. Yeah, I just have to audit Genesis. So once that audit comes, <laughs> yes, and I think well, it's I, Mario. I just want to say sorry. Yeah. Uh, the the chat is just fire. I love it. Everybody's so dope, and you know, it, it's been a very very beautiful, beautiful um, stream today. Thank you guys so much. It certainly has. It's been a great experience to host this. Uh, I, I want to say thank you to everyone that gave me the opportunity to host. I also, before I end the show, I do want to say that we didn't really touch on XRP, but I believe that Flare coming out is another catalyst for great things coming to the XRPL. We're seeing the XLS20D, all these, all those good developments that are happening in, in the XRP ledger. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised with the catalyst of the lawsuit and everything if we see XRP kind of take off on its own. That's just a, a, um, a dream that I have for me personally. But I want to say thank you. To that. Sorry. Go, Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to jump in on that too. Um, guys, take XRPL seriously and the projects that are launching on there. Um, the Twitter spaces yesterday. No, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Eyes are on Collecti right now, and I'm not just pushing that. Um I, there were so many people that had joined that Twitter spaces yesterday that we were that we were all joining on and so many people were talking about collecting and pretty hyped about it so so check it out guys and I'm not I'm not gonna say go buy it right now just check it out for yourself and um, I will say go and join the discord yes go join the discord as well yes and so I'm going to put the discord link in the YouTube I never have it <laughs> So I want to say thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Salman. Thank you to Jeremy. Thank you to everyone that tuned in today. It's been a great show. I loved hosting this. Um, I do think Ab still does a much better job than me. He's got the head start, but maybe with practice, who knows, right? Abs, you've got to watch out for your job, man. 
But thank you so much, guys. Don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe on your way out, and don't forget to check out the 3T Warrior Academy. We'll end this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Let's go. We got no monkeys, guys. Follow this way our Twitter account.